0: Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Diana Wren, the author of Blue Voyage. It's an intricately crafted mystery set in the contemporary Middle East. Blue Voyage is being released today. Diana, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, thanks for being here. It was an absolute delight reading this book. I didn't really know what to expect. We'll get into this later, the idea uh, that this is a young adult book. I've read a few. I tend to like them, and I, I really had no idea whether I was going to enjoy this or not, but I I I fell in love with the protagonist very quickly. And the situation that she's in and the character arc that you have for her is just tremendous. And it's a very, very enjoyable book. Tell us a little bit about your heroine, Zan.
1: Zan is um, 16 years old and she's from an unusual family. She is um, from a political family in the Boston area. Her father is attorney general. He's running for governor, and her father is um, involved recently, before the story opens, in an affair, a very public affair. And so he is in the spotlight, and she um, has many hobbies, including rock climbing, but one of her less savory hobbies, I suppose, is shoplifting. And <laughs> so she's she's got a lot of family issues she's working through, and that is one arena where she is working things out, unfortunately. And so she is caught um, shoplifting, and that incident goes viral on social media at the same time that her father is in the spotlight. And so, um, the family is really, um, in the spotlight for now all the wrong reasons. And her mother, um, whisks her away to Turkey to get her away from all of the public scrutiny and, um, to be with her sister, Zan's aunt, uh, who is recently widowed and struggling to keep running a small hotel in Istanbul. So they think there, they will find some peace and be helpful to Zan's aunt. And of course, um, that is not the case. Complications (laughs) ensue. So Zan is, is, plucky and, you know, from a very public family, but is someone wrestling with very personal and private issues.
0: Zan, as a part of this political family, uh, the, the father is a, kind of a shining light right now in politics. And she's got celebrities and sports heroes and things like that showing up at her home all the time to meet her father. And all of her friends think that she is all of that, I don't know what the right term is if you're 16 years old, but she is very popular and has lots of friends. And then this very public affair happens, and some of the other things happen, and the friends begin to fall away. And it's been a while since I've been 16 years old, but I Mm -hmm. could really empathize with what she was going Mm -hmm. through, and that, that really sets up the book.
1: Oh, thank you. That's good to hear. You know, I don't know that so many readers relate to her specific circumstances of fame and the public eye. I certainly didn't grow up that way. But I think we can all find incidents in our our teenage pasts of feeling suddenly dropped for whatever reason or ostracized and isolated.
0: And, of course, like all young women, she has some problems with her mother. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And they go off on this trip. Together, And that's sort of a theme of your books. Not so much mothers and daughters going off on trips together, but your heroines go off to exotic locations and mm-hmm. solve mysteries. Why yes. did you choose this particular path for your books?
1: Yeah, it's I guess uh, some people have called me the queen of teen travel mysteries. And I I love the title, but I feel like I may be the only one doing it. So it's a small kingdom. Um, Because, you know, there's you could just stop at teen travel novel. That's exciting Mm -hmm. in itself. Or YA mystery. That's a burgeoning genre. And that's enough. And so why am I making my life so complicated by trying to do them both? I often wonder this. Um, I'm, I'm personally drawn to the intersection of travel and mystery. I grew up reading um, Agatha Christie's and, um, oh gosh, the Mrs. Polifax books by Dorothy Gilman, which had exotic settings. I read a lot of MMK, um, Mary Stewart, her mysteries in, in other lands. And I I just read a lot of that, and it really stayed with me, I think, so that when I wanted to write books that were set in other countries, I think the mystery just came in. I started with setting, with that sense of place, and then mystery wove in. With my first book, Tokyo Heist, I really didn't set out to write a mystery. I wanted to write a story about a girl who went to Japan with this other family. And my writing group very um, kindly and then firmly told me, you know, you're writing a mystery here. There's some lost (laughs) art. There's a family with secrets. And I said, no, I don't want to write a mystery. It's so complicated. I'm not a mystery plotter. But you know darn it they were right once i once i accepted mystery and put in some of the hallmarks of mystery suspects um clues red herrings it it just fell into place in a more satisfying way
0: well give listeners a little sense of of what that's like when you're trying to write a certain kind of book and then all of a sudden you realize you're writing a mystery and then you need to add these elements yeah uh, did you already understand all of the elements that were necessary to make a good mystery or did did you have to research that or how did that go? With my first
1: book, I did decide I needed a crash course or a refresher course in mystery writing. I hadn't read mysteries for a little while, even though I, I had grown up reading so much my mother and grandmother were avid mystery readers. So I went back over my favorite mysteries. I read a lot of Agatha Christie's, I read contemporary writers, I did take a couple of workshops from um, talented mystery writers in the Boston area. And Um, you know, and and really consciously took apart some mystery novels to see how they were put together that still didn't all translate so easily to my book, which had its own unique problem set and its own story. But I was able to then go back to my own book and say, oh, well, I do have suspects. They just need to come out more as suspects. (laughs) I do have clues. They just need to be more carefully planted. It was sort of looking, you know, putting on my mystery writer glasses, so to speak, and getting this focus and working with what I already had for the most
0: part. And by this third book I haven't read the first two but by the third one all the elements are in there seamlessly and it's just beautifully done. It's Thank uh, you. there are a lot of there are a lot of blind alleys that we can chase down as readers trying to figure out who done it. Oh good. And who good. is I was doing it that good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With with all of these exotic locales, it was Tokyo, Ecuador and now the Middle East. How yes. do you research the settings for those?
1: Yeah, so each book is uh, set in a place that I know to some extent. I have traveled in Japan, I have lived in Ecuador, um, and I have visited Turkey, although, you know, again, just as a traveler there. Um, when I went to these places, I didn't know I was going to be writing books. Set there. I, I had a vague hope. I was always writing, but I, it wasn't that I went there for research. They were Japan was my honeymoon, and my husband now says, "Wow, <laughs> I didn't know we were there on a research trip." <laughs> and I said, "No, really, we weren't." <laughs> um, but these are places that have stayed with me. They have really um, haunted me, and. Um, I was able to go back imaginatively to some extent, but yes, absolutely had to research once I knew I was writing a book set there. So I used the internet a lot. There's a lot of great information online. I always get guidebooks to the region. Um, My, Characters are really not native to these places. They are tourists or travelers. And so, um, you know, Zan actually is reading the same Lonely Planet guide, later <laughs> version that yeah. I used. Um, and that's helpful. And I always consult with experts from those countries. I always have the book. Read by near the final draft, read by one or two people from the country, and I have also different consultants that I've set up. So um, I try to be accurate. Let's let's
0: talk young adult for a few minutes, and I'm going to take a step back and and just kind of go into some of the subgenres of mysteries. I'm a lifelong mystery reader, and I've I've read all different types. And I don't know, a couple years ago. I saw this thing called Cozy Mysteries. And I thought, "Ah, Cozy Mysteries, those are for women. That's not for me. I'm (laughs) not going to like it. And I didn't know what they were until... I found out that I had been reading them for years and and mm. very much enjoyed them. It was just a label that was yeah. applied to them. And we think of quilting or something. Yes, I guess. yeah. You oh, think there nothing, are going to be cats quilting, and but... and tea and and quilting yeah. and and all of that and and even some of those can be fantastic stories. It's all about the story and the characters for me and and for a lot of readers. And so I think a lot of people. Including me, when you think young adult, you think the audience is young people, but it's Mm -hmm. not. I talk to a lot of, not only a lot of adults who read young adult, a lot of authors who read young adult, because uh, there's some things being done in young adult that's just not being done in other Mm -hmm. genres right now. So Mm -hmm. when you started writing young adult, was it, when you started writing, did you decide this is what I'm going to write, or did you evolve into YA?
1: You know, I evolved with Tokyo Heist, which was kind of my learner book, and it it had a different title, so it's so distant to me now when I started. Um, But I started that book thinking it was an adult book, and I had um, dual-age narrators. I had Violet as a woman in her 30s. Um, and Violet as a teen. And so she was looking back at a teenage trip to Japan. The book was getting super long Mm -hmm. and my writing group was getting bored with the adult narrator and I was too. And the teen was taking over. And again, these wise people gently suggested maybe I was writing YA. And this was a few years ago now when when vampires were all the rage. The Twilight Mm -hmm. books were super popular. And that was kind of my impression of YA. And I thought, God, I'm, I'm not writing that. Um, and then I read an article in the New York Times book review. It was an essay on the back page. I forget who wrote it, but it said, I'm YA and I'm okay. And it was a <laughs> wonderful essay about how, well, there's not just vampires. And this was really the beginning of this big bubble starting with YA. And um, it mentioned other writers who were not doing vampires. And I started reading more widely in that <laughs> market and thought, wow, no, there, there are more things going on. This is pretty exciting. But regardless of the market, This is a a book with a teen protagonist. This is really the voice that I'm hearing. This is who I want to stay with. So, you know, ultimately that's where the story took me. It was first a story decision and later a marketing decision. Her voice actually ended up being younger in a way. Um, she's kind of a young teen. There's young YA and old YA. We can, we can dissect it further. Mm -hmm. Um, I do fall on the younger side with that particular book.
0: And it's interesting for someone my age, I am in my very, very, very late fifties. If you could guess what that means. And Almost every book I read has a protagonist that's younger than I am. So then it's right. all just a matter of degrees. If you know, if you're not reading the little old lady quilting books, you're mm. reading the 32 year old. Uh, former special forces guy who's uh, solving crimes now. And it's a very slight step down from 32 to 22 to Mm. 16. It's all just people and and being inside their heads. And uh, for me, it was a little bit of a jump to get over that. Not unlike the cozy mystery thing where I Mm. don't read cozy mysteries. But Mm. I mean, this was such a well-developed character And I I suspect that all of your characters are like that. And is is this a hallmark of of YA books, this kind of character development? Because in some mysteries and thrillers, there's just not time Mm -hmm. for character development.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. So I do think, because right now a really popular subgenre within YA, or a genre within the YA market, let's say, is contemporary, realistic. A few years ago, it was more fantasy and dystopian. The pendulum seems to be swinging toward contemporary. And there we're seeing really realistic, fleshed-out characters. On big journeys and um, and having rich interior lives, and I I don't mean to slight fantasy. I think you see that in fantasy too. I think um, YA in general is very much interested in the inner life of the teens and the emotional life. Right, it's such a time of high emotions um, and so much drama. Like the day of a teenager is so much more <laughs> action packed and. Um, complicated than a day in my life, which looks kind of like yesterday or the day before. You know, <laughs> we, we live at a slightly less uh, frenetic pace, maybe. And we're less awed by everything. Still so many new things when you're an adolescent. And so I think maybe that is why so many adults are reading YA is we're looking to recapture some of that feeling or we're, we're thinking of, of of new times in our lives where we're beginning anew. we're starting a new chapter in our own lives and reading YA maybe brings back some of that freshness and wonder and uh, uncertainty. Um, Yeah. So, so is there time for mystery writers to deal with that? Well, it's it's interesting. I think that's why my books are so long. You know, I, I do write on the long side. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I love that my editor lets me get away with it. We have the goal of writing shorter books. And it never really works out that way, because in addition to the complex mystery plot, we have a complex inner life of a character. And she's on a personal journey, each character in each of my books, on a personal and internal journey, as well as a geographic journey and a journey into a mystery. And that takes some time.
0: Now, you mentioned earlier that YA mystery was a a burgeoning genre right now or subgenre right now. Why Why do you think that is?
1: Um, maybe partly the popularity of... Um, some TV shows and movies. I'm thinking of Veronica Mars, mm-hmm. um, very popular TV
0: show. Um, I, I have to admit when I, I watched the Veronica Mars movie, I thought I'm okay. going to watch five minutes of this because I knew it was a kid's thing and yeah. I got totally sucked in yeah. and I'm like, Oh, I hope they make another one of these movies. I have not gone back and watched the, all the TV shows, but I really enjoyed the movie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that's one way maybe people have gotten hooked in and, um, Yeah, I think people like the idea that mysteries and thrillers are books where things happen. And so that's exciting to read about. Um, I personally think teens are just natural born sleuths. You know, their minds are inclined toward analysis they have the luxury of time for analysis. Everything merits analysis. Think about, you know, as a teenager, maybe just interpreting how someone signs a letter or, and now it would be a text or an email, but, um, or wow. So, so so-and-so was looking at me, what does that really mean? And that kind of thinking, what does that really mean? What's really going on? This is what it looks like on the surface, but there's something more. That's how a sleuth to me would think. And so Mm -hmm. I love having teens as sleuths and in all the YA mysteries that I've been reading over the, the, the last few years I you see that this intense curiosity.
0: Now you're involved in a lot of YA events. I, I notice on your website you're you're a part of I think uh, a combined YA maybe it's a blog, maybe it's uh, some sort of a review process, but you're you're very involved in the YA world. Um, as adults, sometimes we look at young people and think all they read are tweets and uh, Facebook posts and Twilight. That's mm-hmm. that's obviously mm-hmm. a gross oversimplification. What what do young people read from your perspective? What do you see them reading?
1: I think young people are voracious readers. From my experience, I'm the fiction editor of a magazine called Yarn, Young Adult that's Review. That's what Network. I was thinking of. Yes, Yeah, thank you. and we get a lot of submissions from teens. We also publish adults and more established. Um, well-known writers. So we have a mix, but uh, we get a fair amount of submissions from teens and they do say in their cover letters, things that they read or writers they admire. They often share that. Um, I go to Book festivals, I was at one recently where teenagers are mostly in attendance and um, in buying books and taking them out of the library and talking about books. Um, You know, so for all the concern about kids not reading these days, I'm privileged to see the other side of that. I think, yes, there may be some kids who aren't reading as much or they're reading in a different form, but they're still reading um, and there's a just a hunger for stories out there, and um, kids not only read, they reread, which I, mm-hmm. I can't do anymore. I don't have time, but I'm just amazed. You know, they'll reread the Harry Potter books as kids over and over, and then they go on and, and devour a whole series and reread the series. It's amazing. Yeah, and I think kids' um, books' sales are up. I, I don't know the statistic, but I did see an article flash by on Twitter or something where <laughs> where it was saying, you know, there, there has been some study. And I think sales are up with YA and children's fiction more than adults. So are we reading? I don't know. I read less than I used to, unfortunately.
0: Mm-hmm. Well— as, as we reach a certain—I'm so through that stage of life where you have kids and all those things to worry about now, so there's more time for reading. But oh, that's when you're hear. at a certain <laughs> stage of life, it really is uh, a luxury just to be able to sit down with a book. Speaking of book sales, where can people buy Blue Voyage?
1: They can buy Blue Voyage um, on Amazon or uh, Barnes & Noble or any indie bookstores near you. I'm a big indie bookstore fan, mm-hmm. but it's really, I support really whatever choices work for people and I'm not against any one or the other. Yeah, so this is October 13th, so it is on sale as of today and should be in most brick-and-mortar bookstores as well as online, and it is available as an ebook as well.
0: That is terrific. And if you happen to go to an indie bookstore and you don't see it on the shelves, just ask them. They'll order it for you. Yeah. and They're happy yes. to do that. What's the best way for, for listeners to keep up with you and this world you're creating for all these young people?
1: I can be found online at my website, which is www.dianarenbooks.com. And from there, you can find all my social media platforms as well. I'm active on Twitter. I would love to chat with people. And I have a Facebook author page linked to my main page. And I'm technically on Tumblr, but I haven't done much there yet, so I'm <laughs> slow. <laughs> I'll get there.
0: Tumblr's too confusing for me. I will link to your website and to your Facebook page in the show notes, so if you're out there driving around listening to this interview, you don't have to pull off the road and, and write not. anything down. Just check the show notes at crimefiction.fm. Diana, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you for having me. It was great to be here.
0: This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm where you'll find the show notes for this If you do pop by the website, please sign up for the email list I send out an email each Friday with a summary of the week's interviews It's the best way to keep up with what we're doing and to be sure you don't miss out on great new books like Blue Voyage from Diana Wren Thanks for listening